Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to Pod on the Tyne, your go-to Newcastle United podcast brought to you by The Athletic. My name's Taylor Payne and coming up this week, we're joined by a very special guest, former Newcastle United fullback, Jose Enrique is on the show. We'll be talking about his time at Newcastle, what he's up to now and discussing how things are going at the club currently. Also, we'll be looking back at that incredible moment v Nottingham Forest in the Championship and talking a little bit about that absolutely mad game at the weekend against Southampton. But before all of that, let's introduce you to these two lovely young men, Mr. Chris Woff and Mr. George Cork. And Chris, how are we doing? Are we all right? I'm a little bit confused when you say two young men. I mean, obviously, I'm a very young strapping lad, but the other man you're referring to is... As I believe he's on the he's on the list for uh, able to get his vaccine in one of the priority character categories. So. Is that right? Wow. He's just, is that right, George? Wow. Wow, indeed. Chris describing himself as strapping. That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, this is very ageist. I'm not sure this is. Um, if I understood what any of you meant, I would um, I would probably be quite upset. But are you managing okay, George? Do you need to go for some groceries for you? Anything? Are you okay? Thankfully, I've forgotten. <laughs> I've forgotten this in thirty seconds' time, so it's absolutely oh, fine. I'm like a goldfish. Uh, so, lads, how's how's things going in the world? How are you doing, Chris? Have you been have you been doing much this week? Have you been writing about anything in particular? Well, by the time this comes out, I will have written about uh, Miguel Almiron, a particular focus on him and why he is sort of thriving in the position which many felt he should have played him for a long, long while but also basically just in this new look, more offensive Newcastle and how he's the player who even Steve Bruce says has benefited most from it. So really analysing that, looking at, at how really he's getting more touches higher up the pitch, more passes higher up the pitch and how he's really orchestrating things for Newcastle United. And George, how about you? What, are you? what have you been up to this week? Well, I have been writing about Newcastle United winning a game of football and actually <laughs> nice. not being total dog shit. <laughs> that's a weird feeling. Actually, that's not normal. It's astonishing. It's astonishing. I actually, I mean, I got to watch a game of football and got swept away in a game of football. Amazing. I can't think the last time that's happened. Honestly, I can't. I mean, they did pretty well against Everton. You know, it was a good performance. But the drama of the game against Southampton and then, you know, kind of, coming through it I, I can safely say it's it's the first time I've been to a game live in lockdown and not wanting to it was an unbelievable uh, afternoon wasn't it I mean obviously the, the three points are the most important thing but a nine-man rear guard uh, display with you know t- losing the players that we lost and Fabian share with the horrible injury and stuff like that Jeff Hendrick getting stupidly sent off um, what a ridiculous performance and what a ridiculous game Chris it was, yeah. And I mean, as, as, as George said, he was actually in the stadium for this one. Um, so I was I was watching it from home and just watched it on TV. It was just, a, I mean, first half, that I thought Newcastle were excellent. I, I will caveat that with Southampton were terrible, but I don't want to take anything away from Newcastle's performance because I don't think that that's fair to. I thought that Newcastle attacked with real fervour and vigour. 
You could see they were getting bodies forward. There was purpose to what they were trying to do. Alan Sam Maximan being back made such a difference on the left-hand side. Southampton looked petrified of them. Almiron, as I mentioned before, sort of pulling the strings. And then the, 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 new, the new signing, Joe Willick, 16 minutes in, first Newcastle player, quickest Newcastle player to have scored on the debut in, in the Premier League in terms of 16 minutes in just bringing exactly what Newcastle have missed and that ability to get into the box to follow those moves. And, and actually, in the analysis piece I'm doing with, with uh, about Almiron, it, looking at that goal is it's not just that Willick's in the box. Actually, Sam Maximan's there, but Almiron's got it in the box and so has Wilson. There's a lot of bodies getting forward. This is different to what we've seen from Newcastle. And that first 45 minutes was just so refreshing in that sense. Wonderful moment for Joe Willick. Uh, George, fantastic scoring on your home debut, 15 minutes in, and he could have had another one as well, couldn't he? Yeah, and it's 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 a player in a position that Steve Bruce has been looking to fill really since he came to the club, but certainly, you know, certainly wanted to last summer and wasn't able to. And although it's very early days, he just brought that drive and dynamism to midfield, didn't he? And, you know, getting forward, getting into wide positions as well, just bringing that sort of sense of energy to that part of the, of the pitch, which they've just not had. But, I mean, I, I know I joked at the start about it sort of being not dog shit, but I... I also think in some ways that is that's such an important thing. I mean, I know that we all know that there are huge problems at the club, structural problems, you know, problems with the ownership and plenty of people have problems with the manager. We know that. But to to actually be able to watch your team and get a sense of enjoyment out of it or feel something, that's the way I framed it, to feel something other than just emptiness inside. I do think that's important. It's not important in terms of answering any of those long-term questions, but at least it means you can go and watch it and not just want to turn over and you feel part of something again. And that is about that is about having a go. It's about being further up the pitch. It's about trying. And you know, we know I think the worrying thing from the long stretch of results without a win was that it felt like Newcastle had sort of forgotten how to hold on or they'd lost that, the, you know, the teammanship that they've had, that sense of being a team. And really what they haven't had, they haven't had anything to hold on to. And finally, you know, against Southampton, we saw them take the lead by playing adventurous football. Yeah, getting a bit of luck, but taking advantage of it. And then when the chips were down, they had something to hold on to and they did it and they did it brilliantly. And that was, you know, that was really heartening. You're right. The three points were the most important thing, and again, it gives them breathing space at the bottom of the table. But my goodness, just to just to enjoy it, just to enjoy it a bit. Yeah, the spirit and the character that the team showed, Chris, at the uh, in that last sort of twenty minutes when they went down to nine men, it was incredible. Uh, incredible display, incredible fight, wasn't it? It was absolutely incredible, and for nine men to hold on like that was excellent. I would caveat that slightly by saying, actually, for the last twenty minutes, I didn't really ever feel Southampton were going to score and I know that's easy for me to say now but <laughs> I did <laughs> I, 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 yeah. oh I did Yeah, every pore of my being I thought Southampton, were, I thought Southampton would direction this and that's partly because of the way Newcastle set up and despite only having nine men those two banks of four that, that, that they put out there really did actually defend very very well and um, obviously def- they the had a makeshift centre-back pair and Paul Dummett coming on and w- was excellent I mean just heading yeah, he was. and everything uh, Isaac Hayden. Isaac Hayden was incredible. He was astonishing. One Isaac Hayden, 
There's only one Isaac Hayden. There was about 10 Isaac Hayden. I'm, I'm in the minority here, but I didn't think Isaac Hayden was quite as brilliant as other people did. I think he was good. And I know you've been out of position, but I'm, I'm just going to oh, caveat by up, saying Chris. I think he was partly at fault for both goals. But anyway, he's still playing out of position, playing at centre-back, <sighs> did very well. And the whole, te- the whole team did very well. Obviously, Emil Kraft came on. And we haven't seen enough of him really, and he did well in those sort of circumstances. I think the game suited him, just being able to head things clear and and, and be defensively sound. But even the likes of Joe Willock, who's just come in, second half of his of his first game as a Newcastle player after exciting during the first half, he had to show the exact opposite side of his game yeah. and really work hard in midfield. Mm. I thought everyone did, and then Almron as well, winning what could arguably have been a red card as well for for um, Bednarek, I think was who fouled him late on when he managed to get through as well, it was Almiron who was still leading the charge going forward. And so yeah. I thought he he was excellent and really just, just that togetherness that showed an, an ability to to see out what was a vital three points. I think it would have, it, even if they'd drawn, it would have felt like a defeat just because of how what's coming up next. And that now, actually, I think Newcastle are just about there. The bottom three can't win games at the minute themselves. And to get that three points, I think psychologically it was absolutely huge. George Chris just mentioned mentioned Miguel Almiron again there in the goals. Uh, and was he being deployed as a double pivot number 10 this week, George? I, I, I wasn't sure. Joe, I'm going to defer to you. Well, there was a couple of occasions when he did do a triple pivot and there was a double axle um, and the judges, of which I was one, did raise the number six to appreciate our our concern. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, he's... he's um, I mean, to think that like Chris is actually questioning my judgment of Isaac Hayden. Couldn't let that go, could you? Double pivot last week. Why do we entertain this fool? Double bullshit. That's what I call it. But Alma, I mean, Almiron, he's been, he's been, it's been such a heartening thing in the last yeah, kind of few games to see him back at his best and look like a footballer again. Look, look like he knows where he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to be doing. And of course, you know, we said this last week. He's in his rightful position. He's playing where he should play. And so, of course, he looks like a good footballer and he's up the pitch. So he's doing what he's supposed to do. Um, and, you know, he, he just he just plays with such a sense of joy as well um, that when he's on form like this, it's it's um, it's great to watch. And everybody, everybody played their part. I mean, you know, the one thing I felt you were Chris saying that he didn't think he was never sort of scared. I was I was terrified. And I think it. I think at the moment, you know, you, you know that Wilson's gone off. You see defenders dropping like flies. And so you think, oh, my God, with the games they've coming got coming next, if they don't win today, if they hadn't won that game, I think it would have been or it could have been really, really damaging. And then suddenly, you know, potentially without, you know, Wilson. But they actually showed for once they showed they could score goals without him. And that again, that's that's incredibly encouraging because, you know, we know how reliant they've been on him and how important he's been. I, I just thought it was all set up for mm, Southampton like that, to win four three. I really did. But um by the end of the game, I was standing up. We we're right at the back. The press are now right right at the back of the stand and we're sort of in front of the executive boxes. So we don't have desks or anything like that. And I was just, you know, I was watching. I didn't have to write to a deadline right there and then. So I, by the end, I was just taking it in, standing. I was on my feet, sort of <laughs> taking it in, chewing my nails. Oh, it would have been unreal. Like, if there'd it? been a crowd there as well. Oh, my God. I know we always say that. Oh. Slowly but surely edging towards some kind of safety, Chris. But there is injury worries now as well, obviously. 
Having Mankio went off with what has been described as a very serious injury. Fabian Scher looks like he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Callum Wilson pulled up with a hamstring problem. Um, Newcastle are going to have to be careful over the next couple of weeks, aren't they? They've got, they've got some big games coming up. They have got some big games coming up, and that's why winning was so vital, because it gives them that gap to the bottom three and the pressure is now back on the bottom three to actually start winning games. And for, for so long, Fulham have been playing well, but can't win at the moment. But though, in terms of those injuries, bizarre situation at right back where they've gone from having so many to now really Emil Kraft's the only one. Obviously, DeAndre Edlin's just left. Um, Jacob Murphy, if he is going to play there, is really more of a right wing back than a right back. So if they're going to play with a four, Kraft is sort of the only out and out option unless you put Isaac Hayden there. But again, you're taking him out of midfield. And Isaac Hayden may have to play a centre-back, given the injuries they've got there. Although Kieran Clark should be back next week because he was the, it wasn't an uh, injury for him. It was his, his partner had gone into labour. Federico Fernandez and Jamal Lascelles hopefully will be back soon as well. But then you're just looking across up at front in that position. And if it's not Callum Wilson, who is it going to be? And it was interesting that the one he turned to was Joe Linton, who we'd barely seen for weeks and I think that part of the reason why that was is because it was a slightly withdrawn role on the right. It was an out-and-out striker position. And Joe Linton and Theo was more. But actually, I thought second half Joe Linton worked hard. I thought he did well in terms of in the context of what he had to do. I thought he worked hard and he won a few free kicks and he did a few bits and bobs. But is Joe Linton who you're going to want to start as a lo- if it's going to be a lone striker or whatever away at Chelsea or at Man United? I doubt it, but he seemed reluctant to play Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale we've barely seen any of. He didn't even get on at the weekend. And so if you play Andy Carroll, it's a very different game again. So he's got some big decisions to make there as to how can you keep the same balance? Does he even maybe go and not play a striker? Does Almiron become like a, a false nine? Does he, does he play Fraser instead of, of Wilson? How he... How he combats that I'm really not sure and I'll be interested to see what he actually does at Chelsea and also he has sort of said there will be times when they'll have to go back to five at the back or they'll choose to go five at the back now whether he can in these circumstances um you know is interesting whether he wants to of course is another matter I mean do you do you stick with what you've got when it's been so so positive or you know does he look at it as a game where it's time to sort of shut up shop and just try and eke out a point. I mean, I'd argue that's not been that's not been very successful recently, but that's that's part of the question he has to ask himself. Well, let's wait and see what happens here. We're gonna uh, we're gonna tie things up there. And we're gonna move on. George is gonna disappear. He's got to go and fix the drainage in the lower field. Uh, and myself and Chris are gonna be back very soon uh, with a very special guest. And if you want to read any of the lads' uh, articles, you can right now on theathletic.com for a very special price. Uh, Enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as all the ad-free podcasts uh, for less than £1 a week. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash Newcastle pod to sign up and enjoy The Athletic throughout 2021. That's theathletic.com forward slash Newcastle pod. Okay, ladies and gents, this week is a very special episode of Pod on the Tyne, and we've got ourselves a very special guest joining us all the way from Spain. It's Mr. Jose Enrique. How are we doing, Jose? Very good, and you? I'm not too bad at all. It's a bit chilly, but we're getting there. You're in you in Valencia, is that right? Yeah, in Valencia, yeah. 15 degrees today, so can't complain. Can't complain. Fantastic. And of course, we've got Chris Woff here as well. Uh, Chris, how are you doing? You okay? 
I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, I'm just thinking about going out in minus six as it feels outside and thinking that Jose is just going to be walking out in 15 degrees later than one and being a bit <laughs> envious, I have to be honest. Fantastic. So, Jose, we're going to have a big chat with you today. We're going to talk about what you're currently up to at the minute. We're going to talk about the Newcastle current situation a little bit as well. We'll talk about your time at Newcastle uh, and, and some of the, the, the key moments uh, and we'll have a little look at an archive clip later on, which is probably your most famous moment in black and white. So let's start with the present. Um, how are you doing at the minute? What are you up to? Where are you? And what's going on in, in the world of Jose Enrique? Well, at the moment, at home with all this COVID situation, like everyone. <laughs> but, but yeah, obviously, with a lot of things in my mind, I obviously, since I retired, I obviously been a football agent with my brother, and it's going really well, to be honest with you. This transfer window was a bit bad, I believe, for every single agent and player because obviously it's not been many transfers, it's been more loan players and things like that because obviously uh, teams are a bit slow on that, you know, with the, you know, with the economy because of the COVID. But then I had a project in mind for a while now um, that is actually about fitness. Uh, I, I opened a company with, with a fitness coach called Steve Butler and, and it's about, it's something that I really, really wanted to do always because I've always been if you want to call it a, a fitness freak a bit, because mm -hmm. I, I love to be, I always, even when I used to play, I used to, obviously as a player, you are fit anyway, but I always take it a little bit a step forward. You know, I always mm -hmm. like it to be really, really, really strong. It, it was something that apart from, I believe it benefit in my game. At the same time, it was something that I really love to, you know, yeah. look well and feel happy with the way I look, you know? So obviously uh, as well, after I retire, and, and obviously I have the brain tumor and everything like that. I suffer a lot with mental health issues as well. Yeah. So obviously I have everything you could imagine, uh, you know, with panic attacks, anxiety, uh, I have a lot of fights, you know, in mm. some long moments even don't want even to assist anymore because it's what it is, mental health, when it affects you really strong. And all the students, obviously, I'm happy that ever now, don't get me wrong, uh, I'm stronger than ever now. I go through all, all of this shit, really, if you want to call it that way. Um, but now we, I, I believe I want to help other people with it, uh, not just physically, uh, mentally-wise with it as yeah. well. And that's why it's Amplify Coaching Online, uh, just coming to the scene now. We opened actually last Monday, so a week ago, well, eight days ago. Um, we open this, it's growing little by little. Maybe I cannot tell you, but maybe some big people are maybe involved in on it. We'll see. Oh, okay. Uh, we're talking about clubs here. We'll see if it happens. Fantastic. Um, it will be good uh, because we can reach more people. And that's the, that's what I wanted to do. You know, that is something that I'm really, really happy to do. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, uh, being a football legend is my main job and I love it, you know, but yeah. This is something personal as well. It's something that I wanted to do to, to try to reach as many people as possible for the lowest price possible. And that's what we're doing. We're doing 20 sessions a, a month, live, all of them, uh, for wow. 20 euros a month. So actually it's one euro per class. So, and, Fantastic. so it's incredible. And you have me on the live. You can, we do Q&A after the session. Right. And the fitness coach as well. For any private fitness coach live session right now, where you can pay 30, 40 pounds per yeah, session, yeah. you know, so, and we are doing it actually for one euro per session. That obviously doesn't matter if you come to the 20 or you come to 15, always it's mm -hmm. going to be 20 euros, but it's meal plans included. Where then we have a Telegram group included as well. 
the okay, everyone fantastic. we feel in like a community in there and then we have pre-recorded all the sessions as well in the on the website as well so if someone want to do the pre-recorded session after it as well so like i said i wanted to be something that you know we're doing with steve you know that make people more happy more in these circumstances yeah. but something i believe is gonna stay because i believe the the online sessions they're gonna stay after all of this mm. i really believe they're gonna stay because people you know how is to get the car and gain and going to the gym and do some people is just afterwards you don't fancy to leave home and you say and unless in england when it's so cold you say i would rather <laughs> to stay here yeah you know definitely. so so you say well I, I can put the zoom session and, and just do it and in 20 minutes half an hour maximum yeah. you are done and and actually with that and eating well is more than enough to to feel great with yourself you know so yeah. that's the target you know put a a good price out there that is reachable for every single person Fantastic. and everyone can join something that I believe no one is doing as well. I didn't mention that at the same time what we're doing is Steve, Steve Butler, that is the fitness coach. Every exercise that we do, we do four or five exercises. That's what it is. Hit sessions. We do it a few times mm -hmm. and he does a very, very hard session. And then I do a, a more normal, uh, no session, sorry, exercise. And then I do another more normal exercise you know for people that are less fit or less used to fitness like me yeah maybe your case Taylor. i didn't want to i didn't want yeah. to say sign me up i'm signing up as soon as yes. we finish i'm signing up sorry i didn't want to say but you just mentioned okay yes. <laughs> hey it's lockdown oh. you don't get out as much it's lockdown you're eating and that's all you do you, yeah it's true well, you do more than ever now that's the reality so also, I'm just looking at the website and I see that there's a there's a model on there who who's really buff and has all the muscles. I was I thought it was Taylor. I thought you'd got Taylor involved. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. it's Taylor. It's Taylor. <laughs> but don't say it's a secret. It's Taylor. It's Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's, it, like I say, it's because people hear like hit sessions, maybe like yourself, Taylor, and you say, oh, my God, it's going to be too hard. No chance. I don't yeah. do it. No, uh, you know, no, it's not like that. That's why it's, it's, we're doing something that every, no one is actually doing it because, yeah, it's a lot of hit sessions out there. Don't get me wrong. And live sessions, loads. But actually with two people, obviously one is an ex-player. One is a very, very good fitness coach. It reminds me about, uh, I'm not sure if it's called Your Week. I'm not sure, I'm not sure if it's right name. You know, the, yeah, Your Week. Joe Wicks, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of him, you know, in the times of personality that he has and how he motivates people. Yeah. And like I say, it's a lot of people that we have older people and we have people that is less fit and everyone is happy because he does the easy version. I don't, uh, sorry, the hard version. I do the easiest version. So everyone feel happy. Everyone feel that they achieve something after the session because they could completely, because sometimes that's the problem with a, a hit session fitness coach that maybe he's done the session, maybe it's a hard session, and you can't finish it because it's too hard for you. And, no, yeah, and some yeah. people feel like, oh my God, I couldn't do it. And you feel like you fell. Yeah, it's all about that achievement, exactly. isn't it? It's about that sense exactly. of achievement. It's all yeah. about achievement that, oh my God, I'm with Jose, that is quite fit. I'm with this guy that Steve is so fit, he's a lot fitter than me. You know, and, and you say, oh, I could finish the session. I feel great. You know, that's the yeah, target that's that mental, mental wise as well is key on this, on this project, that you feel great after it. And that's how we're targeted. Fantastic. It sounds like a wonderful idea and obviously taking advantage of all the technology and stuff that's available now and, and reaching uh, people who are who are at home. And I think everybody's staying at home at the minute, aren't they, and, and doing this sort of thing. So something like that sounds fantastic. And obviously, uh, the, what was the website again, Jose? 
AmplifiedCoachingOnline.com. Yeah. AmplifiedCoachingOnline.com. Check it out. Sounds fantastic. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. So let, let's talk a little bit about Newcastle currently. Um, have, you see, have you been watching any of the games? Have you been keeping up with the team and how they're doing at the minute? And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like all of you, I, I, I'm not, obviously, I'm not very happy for a while, I believe. You know, obviously, yeah. since I left the club, it's been a lot of up and down to the, with the mm. team. That's the reality. Obviously, they got relegated again. They promote again with Rafa. And it's always been up and down, Sander McCasley. You know, the, like I always say, I have nothing against him. The opposite, for me, always treated me well when I was at the club. But the reality, obviously, I really believe Newcastle is not where they deserve to be. Obviously, Newcastle is not, at least, is telling you someone that joins the club and, and I could see from inside out, you know, how, how good club it is, you know, the stadium, the fans, you know, inside the club, the people that work for is um, it's beautiful, you know, the club, the city. Even if it's really cold in there, it doesn't matter. It's beautiful and the people <laughs> make you feel warm, you know, in there. So it's very, very nice place to, to play. It's a, it's a place that I would recommend to any player that Newcastle won that to go and play because it's a fantastic place to be. And it's very sad to see that you are fighting all the time for a relegation battle. That's the reality. And it's sad to see, to see that, yeah, last game they won against Southampton, they played a good game. Uh, you know, but, but, yeah, but crazy game, <laughs> crazy game. It, it, but nice to see, obviously, because it's goals, but uh, uh, frustrating at the times as well. Yeah, but at the same time as well, like I say, it's not where they deserve to be. They deserve to be. I know a top sixteen at the moment is difficult in the Premier League because obviously Everton they got owners that they can spend a lot of money. Manchester City has been for a while. Chelsea, Tottenham. I know it's difficult, but at least in the top eight, top ten. Newcastle should be a top 10 team in the, in the Premier League, yes or yes. Jose, in terms of the, the current sort of left-backs at Newcastle, obviously Paul Dummett was, was a young lad when, when you were there and has sort of come through in the meantime, and Jamal Lewis was, was wanted by your other former club, Liverpool, during the summer and is coming. Can you just tell us a little bit, as, as a left-back, looking at those two players, how you think they are as players and what you like or think they can improve on, the two of them? Well, well Paul Dummett is a bit older, but obviously... Um, the other one is, is a lot younger player. I still believe it's still a long way. I know it sounds for Liverpool as well. I know that. I'm not sure if Liverpool was inter really interested on him in terms because you know how it is the newspapers and, and they put everything out there and you don't really know if it's true. It's a good project. It's a, it's a player that you can see has a potential to do really well there. I still believe it's still to get used to. And it's for Newcastle, it's very difficult to play at the moment because it's a very defensive team. And, and if you are not a very good defensive, maybe defender is not that good. And I believe he has a lot of talent to go forward as well. And obviously at the moment is not maybe 
the best way Newcastle is playing for his style, maybe, if you want to call it. But he has potential, definitely he has potential. He's still young, he still has a lot to prove, but he has potential, yeah, definitely. And Paul, obviously, has been there for a long time, so... I think Paul's Paul's definitely the more defensive of the two players, isn't he? And he's yeah. he's very steady and he knows exactly where he's meant to be at all times and stuff like that. And he's a great tackler of the ball as well. He gets stuck in, doesn't he, Paul Dummett? He's, he's a good old-fashioned yeah. English left-back. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's more maybe the style of Newcastle is playing right now. Maybe it's the one who's suitable more for the players as the reality at the end. He's more defensive. He's more, like you say, more English uh, or left-back, you know, tackly and, and try to be always in, in top of the winger, you know, and everything. I like this. I like left-backs with that intensity and defenders with that intensity, you know. I like, obviously, like, you know, like I used to be myself, going forward and enjoy because that's when you enjoy the most. You don't enjoy as much as defending, but I used to enjoy defending, don't be wrong, but obviously going forward is what I enjoy the most. But actually, the way Newcastle playing, I believe Paul maybe is more the way Newcastle is playing right now, but Jawal have a very, very big potential to, to obviously the team keep improving and obviously they go obviously better in terms of possession and playing. I believe he has a good potential to do well as well. And one of the few players who's uh, there now, who was there when you were there, although obviously you weren't particularly happy when we left, was, was, was Andy Carroll. I mean, can you just tell us about what Andy was like during the time that that you played with him because at that stage he was one of the best strikers in England wasn't he yeah i believe that's what people sometimes don't understand andy is is a very good friend of mine very nice guy the only problem of andy uh, like it happens to a lot of footballers he i remember when he left to liverpool he was he played 6 months in the premier league if i'm not wrong it was his experience no more than that they paid a lot of money for him he moved he moved from from this type of Newcastle that we used to play for him, actually crosses for him and play for him. You go to a massive club that you have a lot of players in front of you and they're not going to play for you. You have to play for the team, actually. So it's different style of play completely. And I believe as well, like we all know, he obviously, with that, uh, he was really young, obviously then choose maybe the best life for him in that moment. He got in a lot of trouble. And I believe that affects all his career with injuries as well. Uh, and that was the unlucky because for me, Andy Carroll in his best moment, he was unplayable in the air. In the air, I never seen anyone like him. I never, in doesn't matter, I play with big players, you know, Skirtle, you know, players like they are massive, they are very good in the air. But Andy was a player that when you, when you look at him in the area and you say, okay, if I put the cross where he is, I know he's going to get it. Yes or yes. You know, so was this type of player that unluckily for, for the injuries that he has and maybe the lifestyle he chose at the early of his career, maybe he never reached that actually the potential that he has, you know, but like I say, he has a good life probably as well. He enjoyed, you know, the, the other type of life. I'm sure he regrets some of the things that he's done, like we all do, you know, in our life, but he's a great guy. He's a great player, but it's true that Newcastle, maybe you're expecting to see the Andy Carroll that left, to Liverpool, you know, and that's not the Andy Carroll anymore. That's the reality. It, it cannot be. It's like even me, if I want, when I remember when I finished my contract with Liverpool, Newcastle was a team that actually wanted me to come back. And I actually, I didn't come back because of that, uh, because I have the opportunity to come back to Newcastle in January, uh, the year I finished my, they actually make an offer on the table to, for me right. to come back. And I didn't want to come back because I wasn't good enough already you know my knee didn't let me to play 
against to the highest level. And I want the people to remember in Newcastle the players that they used to remember. Don't come back and see another Jose Enrique, you know, that they didn't see before, you know. So that's why I say Andy is different. Andy is from there, obviously. So he has come, uh, the chance to come back home. So obviously he's going to take it. It's a completely different case. And I believe he can still give something to the team that they don't have, you know, if you play for him. But it's true that he's not the Andy Carrick, Andy Carrick when he was 20 years old. Of course, it's not. It's normal. So just going back to when you first joined Newcastle, Jose, what, what was your kind of motivation behind coming to the northeast and joining Newcastle? Was there any one reason why you joined the team and, and how did it feel when you arrived? To be honest, they made me feel, it was difficult, don't get me wrong, they made me feel so welcome from the start. But it was very, very difficult my first year, more than anything, because of the language barrier, definitely it was. In that time, you have to remember that it wasn't many Spanish speakers in, in the Premier League. Uh, that's the reality. They start bringing more Spanish players after, obviously, we won the Euro Cup and the World Cup and everything. So it really was Fabregas, I'm not sure if it was Silva as well, or not even Silva yet, or maybe Silva, yes, I'm not sure, but wasn't many players. No, Silva wasn't yet, I think. So it wasn't many Spanish players, really, La Liga. Maybe Arteta, it was, I believe, as well, but not many, you know. So it, I arrived there, was Luque in the team, so that actually helped me a lot in the first two weeks there, but obviously Luque left. And, I, and I'm a player that, well, I used to be a player that I love the dressing room and the banter and all of that. And they used to have it with me anyway. Listen, they were great with me, Viduca, Joe Barton. I have so many players that have so much love, even without even understanding each other too much at the start. <laughs> we make it to understand each other, you know? So, and they made the effort to, for me to get involved with them. But even that, personal-wise, obviously, I'm th I thank them so much for that. But... Is not enough at the end because I cannot, when you don't feel well or when you don't feel in the, your best moment as a football player, you need to release it. And I couldn't talk to anyone because of my, my, my mistake and my problem that I couldn't speak the language. Obviously, in Spain, now in the schools, in many schools, they teach English from the start, from when you're really young. When I was young here, English, they didn't teach it more or less at all. And I just, I just know how to say hello. And that's all, you know, and so it was difficult for me. <laughs> Actually, not, not many people know I have an offer after my first year in Newcastle. Kevin Keegan didn't want me in the team. He wanted to sell me. And, and I have an offer from Betis. But actually, economy-wise, I didn't like, get an agreement with Betis because I'm going to be honest with you, I was happy to come back to Spain uh, because of my first year. It wasn't easy. Uh, we didn't get an agreement and then I stay. And to be honest, it was the best decision I did because then obviously the second year was a lot easier for me. Yeah. It was as well good that Kevin Keegan didn't want me because it was a challenge for myself as well to, to prove him wrong and to prove. But actually, they sacked him a week after. I don't know why, if it was for me or for someone. I don't know. But, <laughs> but, I don't know. I don't know. But they sacked him after one week. You know, so you can see how much football changed after that. After that, that year was the year we relegated. That I believe I didn't have a bad year personally in terms of games and everything, but I didn't have a good year either because obviously we relegate. And the championship was the year that I kick that was on. amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the year that I kick on. I have here the from few you know supporting clubs the player of the season there. I have the yeah, all right, yeah, you know so. And, and I loved it. I loved it my time. I love Newcastle. Like I say, like many people know that obviously 
I support Liverpool a lot, you know, and I love Liverpool, but Newcastle will always be in my heart and it's a club that I will always be grateful to, always. When we think about that championship season, my my everlasting memory is, is yourself and Jonas Gutierrez on that left-hand side, just bombing up and down and overlaps and getting balls into the box for Andy Carroll and Schola and stuff like that. That is my override memory of that season. And I know a lot of fans that I've spoken to have said that that season in the championship for yourself, for Jonas and also for Fabrizio Colaccini was very much one of those seasons where it helped you find your feet and it gave you that confidence to, to, to play and kick on. Was, was that how it felt for you? Did it, did it sort of settle you at Newcastle that season? Yeah, definitely. Definitely was my season. As well, I have to tell you, people thought that it was easy that season for us because we don't make it look easy, but it wasn't an easy season. No. Uh, actually, during the, the, the season, people don't know about this. Actually, you're going to be the first ones to know. I have an illness in the, in the middle of the season uh, that my, uh, you know, my blood cells, the white ones, they went really, really low. So I play with a lot of games with fever and, and really, really, really bad state in one point. I need to have a lot of injections to get my defenses back and everything like that. That season, that was more at the end of the season. Um, that no, no one knew about that. I remember playing the games and then come back in the bush shaking with fever, you know, like, like crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Now, not many people know about this, but it's no excuse. I did a good season anyway, even with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, no, yeah. no bad. And, and like you said, at the end was the season that I was really adapted to the place hmm. and really happy in that, you know. And, and even if I'm honest with you, well, we will go further, obviously, in the conversation in this, but even then, it wasn't easy for me to, to leave Newcastle for Liverpool at the start, even if I knew I was, with all my respect to Newcastle, to a club that had more titles, that's the reality, with, with more trophies, you know. But even then, it was difficult for me to leave because I was very, very happy at the place, how the club treated me, how the fans, more, more than anyone, the fans, how they treat me. I was really, really happy at Newcastle, really happy. Just before we get on to that, Jose, can you just talk about that relationship with both... Uh, Gutierrez and Colaccini. I mean, I know you're still close to them now and you still speak to them, but can you just tell us about what they're like? Because the three of you just seem to click so much both on and off the field. Yeah, it's like like the fans used to say, no? The three musketeers, they used to say, no? <laughs> Obviously, it was crazy as well because actually we were all the time together uh, 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 off the field as well, all the time together. Colaccini was the one who cooked, don't get me wrong. No me, no Jonas, always Colaccini, always. <laughs> You know, the asado Argentinian, you know, food, Argentinian steak and everything like that. And, and it was crazy because obviously he used to play uh, as a left center back. Obviously, I play as a left back and Jonas as, as a, as a um, obviously, left winger. And I always used to say to Jonas, I say, I know Colocini is covering me. So the only thing you need to do is when I give you the ball, just wait for me to pass you and then just give me yeah. the ball back. That's the only thing you have to do. You know, he was laughing <laughs> and he said, and then just cover my back. That's all. And then yeah. I will make you, I will make you look good. You know, you always, we always joke about this, me and Jonas, you know, but play with him on the wing was beautiful because we understand each other so good, you know, and, and, and we knew, he knew when to pass me the ball. He knew when to hold it. He knew when to help me to defend. And I loved it to play with Jonas on the left. He's a, he's, a, he's a legend of the game in, in Newcastle. I know that people love him there and they have reasons to love him. And, and, I, and I love to play with him there on the left wing. We, we love to play together as well because we understand each other so much as well. We talk to each other whenever I need him to defend maybe a little bit more because the winger was a little bit more of a nightmare. He always helped me out more. 
So like I said, it was amazing. And then obviously Colocini, I knew that he always covered my back because he knew I used to push forward a lot. So he need to cover me. I say, Colo, <laughs> prepare because you're gonna have to cover my, my position a lot. So be, be ready for this game, you know? So yeah, we understand each other a lot. And, and it was a time that I enjoyed a lot. The championship actually, I enjoyed, I enjoyed even if it maybe looks weird, you know, but it's the season that I enjoyed the most, even more than the Premier League the season after. Why? Because that passion from the fans, 42,000 people all the time in the stadium, every single game in the championship, away from home was between three and 6,000. Depend, depends how many tickets they allow them. If they allow them 3,000, was 3,000. If it was 4,000, was 4,000. Whatever they allow them, they were there. And obviously how we perform as a team, it was beautiful and I enjoyed it so much. One was one of my favorite seasons as a player in general, not just as a Newcastle player, as a player in general. As a fan as well, I think that was one of my favorite seasons as a fan. I was a lot I was at a lot of those games, went to a lot of away games as well that season. And it was different for us because we got to go to grounds where we wouldn't normally go. We'd been in the Premier League for so long, and then suddenly you're off to Barnsley and you're off to uh, Blackpool and you're off to these different places that you'd never been to before but as a fan I really enjoyed that season in the, in the championship and I loved watching you and Jonas uh, on that left-hand side I thought that partnership that combination was absolutely deadly at times it was brilliant yeah I really really enjoyed it. like you said I really enjoyed playing with him on the left uh, he stayed and obviously he kept doing so well for, for Newcastle but me and him like like you like it happens sometimes in clubs you know when you play with some players you have a special connection and me and Jonas we have a special connection with Colocini as well. Obviously, Colocini was the one who take saying about what the shit, you know, because he has to defend our <laughs> normally sometimes <laughs> yeah. our left side, you know. But me and Jonas, we, we used to just go and, and try to enjoy ourselves and try to, to push as much as possible in that left side. I mean, we touched upon a little while. You touched upon a little bit before, Jose, just talking about sort of your exit from, from Newcastle and things like that. I mean, it was... It, it, it had sort of been building, hadn't it, those last few months? Obviously, we mentioned Andy Carroll before he left in the January and sort of things sort of came to a head. And you said it was a it was a difficult decision to leave Newcastle. Can you just talk a little bit about those last few months and what happened that summer as well, please? Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you that, again, you're going to be the first ones to know this. So it's exclusive as well. So but I, like, this is good to know because like this, the fans know exactly what it happens. Okay, so... What it happens is when we promote from the Premier League, I had two years left in my contract. Okay, so we promote. My brother is my, was my agent, and we went to the club, and we asked for to obviously for to renew what they thinking to maybe renew my contract to give me more years to stay at the club. And they said no, that I needed to prove myself in the Premier League. I said, well, I played in the Premier League the year before. I did well. Obviously, in the Championship, I've been the player of the season of the team. And, and I believe it will be good for us, not just for, for me, I believe for you guys as well, to sort out this problem. Because if I do a good season in the Premier League this year, maybe other clubs comes, and then I will have to think about it. Okay? So I have to be honest with you, the offer they give me a few months after, after as well, they didn't offer straight away. We, we wait until January, that already some clubs, they contact me uh, in January to obviously talking about the summer already. Uh, and Newcastle getting in touch with me and they made me an offer that it was ridiculous, to be honest, because it was actually the same offer as I used to gain when I arrived. And I said, listen, I'm a much better player than when I arrived. Yeah. So obviously it should be more. He said, but I believe we can get an agreement. It's not going to be a problem of money. I believe we're going to get an agreement. 
if you want to. So I asked them for a for the contract at Billify the server. They say no to it. I say, well, we just wait and see what happens. So we arrive to the summer. And actually, when Liverpool got in the table and they start to get interested, they actually give me the money I wanted. And six and Newcastle came back with the money you wanted. Yeah, the money I wanted and six years contract. And then I say, it's too late. You should have done this before. You knew I told you I was going to perform. Obviously, we were talking in September about the contract, but probably we could have sorted in December, January or February. We could have sorted and I would have stayed, but you didn't want to. You wanted to wait until the summer. And I told you, if you went until the summer, you have the danger that if I do well, maybe other bigger clubs, they come here and ask for me. And it was the case. Liverpool came and asked for me. Liverpool needed a left back yes or yes, because Favorello was very unlucky for him injured all, all the time. And they were playing even Daniel Agras a left back. And Liverpool came and, and they gave me the offer, Newcastle, that, they, that I wanted, six years contract. But I say, I'm sorry, but if you wanted me, you should have sold me that before. Uh, and now I have a team that is a massive team. They spend a lot of money in players. I believe the project is, is incredible. And it's a club that they have five Champions League, so I cannot say no to them. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Liverpool and that's why I left. So actually, I could have still been a Newcastle player if actually they react quicker. But it didn't meant to be. I went to Liverpool and I was really happy there. So it meant to, to happen, you know. But they tried at the end. Yeah, they did try it at the end. But I believe they didn't try it enough when they should have tried to, for me to stay. That's the reality. So it's something you see that you know that no, no one knew before. No, really. well, that's, that's... I mean, that's, that's great context. And I mean, as you said, they, you, you weren't actually looking to leave and obviously you'd seen other players leave as well though and i obviously there's there's the there's the there's the tweet which you knew i was going to bring up at some stage at, at the time yeah. and it's yeah, all, yeah. all 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 your frustrations came through but it's interesting to hear that that wasn't that that was a ma- sound of a, of a man frustrated because he'd actually wanted to stay well it wasn't it wasn't a case of you were tweeting that and then leaving actually you'd been trying to stay that is interesting to hear if in february january february march then we have got the agreement because the money I was asking, because I know what the players were earning in the, in the team. So that's what you have to realize. And at the end, I wanted to be one of, not the highest, because I, I'm not a striker, so I don't have to be the highest. The highest is the striker. It's always like this. It's any team, you know? But obviously, I believe I was one of the most important players in the team in that moment. So I believe I deserved a good contract, at least to improve a little bit what I had before. And they say it wasn't, I, I need to show more. So I say, we are in January, February, I'm having a good season. If you wait, it's up to you. And they say, no, we wait, we wait in the summer and see. And that's what happened. But actually, yeah, it's true. If they offered me the, 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 what they offered me at the end in February, March, I probably signed the contract. 100% I will have signed the contract, yeah. I know, I know there's something Taylor wants to, to ask you about, about return to <laughs> St. James as well, which again, yeah. you probably knew about as well. So go on, Taylor. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So, Jose, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna look at one of your most famous moments at St. James's Park in a, in a minute or two. But just before we do that, I want to take you to another moment at St. James's Park when you're there as a Liverpool player. I was in the stadium that day and I have to say it was, it was an incredible game of football. But towards the end of the game, Pepe Reina sent off for, uh, for, for putting his head towards James Perch. Uh, and you pick up the goalkeeper gloves and put the shirt on, and you go in goal gonna, for the last. I'm gonna, I'm gonna correct you there. I didn't pick up the gloves. It's fucking Kenny who made me <laughs> pick up the gloves. You know, I didn't want to. You. you were I told. Was, it was. I was told to pick up. I did. How am I want to pick up the gloves against no, my exactly. ex team? The first time I'm back at San Jesus Park. To be honest, it felt weird because it does because it's a club that I, I, I used to play for and I love. You know, so it was very well to play there as a, as a, obviously a way player, and all that you put me a goalkeeper. So you know, and then as well, I remember I say I left because the team is not gonna finish in top six, and actually you were in the fifth position and yeah, we were in the right, seven yeah. or something like that. So actually in that moment, I wasn't happy at all with the situation at all. You know, but but. When you read us about it, I have the gloves. Look, I'm gonna show you. I have the gloves. You've got the gloves. Yeah, yeah, I do. Fantastic. Yeah, look. Yeah, look. Oh, amazing! (laughs) It's incredible. I got the gloves from that game. Yeah, Pepe Reina gave me them. Oh, amazing! So, So, had you been been in goal before? Did you Did you know? Never, never. And I'm so bad at it as well. It's like maybe you see, maybe they see something in training that you say, okay. Jose can be a goalkeeper. No, I'm so bad at diving as well on the floor and everything, you know? <laughs> so I don't understand when they choose me, you know? It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't playing good. So they say, okay, Jose, better go in goal and do something else, you know? So, but actually, then when you think about it, I remember as a, an amazing, one of the best memories of my career. Really? Why? Because I remember it was the end of the game. I'm not remembering if it was the last 10 minutes or so, more or less. Yeah, it was, so, yeah. yeah, something like that. And all the stadium singing, Jose Enrique, we are a toxic, like that. For yeah. 10 minutes in a row was the only song in the stadium, you know? Yeah. And, and at the same time, it, it makes me happy because he saw you as well that they, they love me, you know, they, they miss that, you know, that's why they sing it, that because obviously they have, they are hurt a bit, you know, that I left, you know? So, yeah. like I say, it was, at the moment, obviously I wasn't happy to be a goalkeeper, but when you think properly about it and after, 
it's a it's a very 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 nice moment because you could see the love of the fans in a wrong way obviously because they were seeing me you know that that but I loved it you know because it was actually 10 minutes non-stop singing that song to me you know non-stop so it was good. and Newcastle fans obviously yourself you have a good fan in that time I'm sorry about this so it's so good you know it's so good. I remember it very very well the noise in the stadium that day was incredible and it was it was a really good game and I I, I, I did actually have to admit I felt a bit sorry for you at the end there when they made you go in goal. That you could tell looking at you on the. Don't on the lie. Page. Why do you lie? You didn't feel <laughs> no, sorry. No, no, honestly. You enjoy it. You enjoy it. Be no, yeah, I thought it was, to be honest, Jose, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can tell on the footage looking, you are not a comfortable man in that situation. You are not enjoying that at all. But yeah. it's great that that's become a good memory for you from being at, 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 a, at a time when it was a difficult moment. And you've come through that and you can look back on that. And I love the fact you've still got the gloves as well. That is amazing. Yeah, that is yeah. absolutely wonderful. It's a very, to be honest, it's a very nice memory. Now, obviously, like I say, in that moment, you are losing. You know, you're playing with your ex-teammates, with some of my ex-teammates, against your ex-clubs, against your ex-fans as well. You know, that obviously, the, 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 the Newcastle fans. And you are, like, feeling worth because it's what it is. It happened. I remember when I played with Villarreal here against Valencia. That used to be my ex-teams as well. It felt worth as well. So I believe it happens to a lot of players, at least the first few times. It happens to Luis Suarez when he played for Barca against Liverpool. Uh, so it happens to a lot of players. And obviously then it happens that I went in goal that I don't believe it happens to anyone in their history that they go in goal against their ex-team in their stadium when you are doing wrong. You know, I'm not sure if someone happens to them before. And but uh, you didn't concede a goal. It's true, it's true. I keep a clean sheet. So one goal, one appearance, one clean sheet. Best goalkeeper in the 100%. league. Hundred percent. Best goalkeeper in the league. Yeah, should have kept in goal. Exactly, exactly. So, but to be honest, <laughs> being serious now, I loved it. And at the same time, I loved it for Newcastle fans that they enjoyed that moment because I know they were hurt when I left. You know, because obviously they didn't want to for me to leave, and they have that time that they will never forget. I know they will never forget that. <laughs> Taylor, you will never forget that. I'm sorry about never. that. Uh, and, and, and it's nice, you know, that you make people happy as well. And I'm happy about it now as well. I, I, I actually, I, now that I'm thinking about it, it's an experience that I will never forget, you know, because I, I, in a weird way, I felt love in there as well, you know, in a weird way as well. Well, listen, before we finish up, um, we're going to uh, relive your probably your most famous moment in a black and white shirt at St. James's Park. And um, we've got a little clip for you here. So just have a listen to this. Here we go. Oh, it's clever back here by Amiobi. And then Enrique with a splendid goal to cap it all. St. James's Park goes wild. The Premier League beckons surely now for the Toon Army. Well, it couldn't have gone to a more fitting player on this pitch tonight because I said what I think about him. I think he's the best player in the championship. Jose Enrique attacking, defending, the fella can do the lot, but never, ever in your wildest dream would you say a composed goal scorer. <laughs> <laughs> it's true that, it's true, I have to agree. I've, I've never been a goal scorer, I have to agree with that. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing, what a moment, that must have felt incredible for you. It still felt incredible when I seen it, you know, it, uh, it, it's beautiful, you know, it's, it's, at the end life is about memories, you know, at the end it's something that you, you, when you grow is is what you take, you know, because obviously daily basis is so many things that you don't remember, but things like that is, is stay with you for life and yeah, and and it's and it's beautiful, you know. I remember 
Like, I remember, you have to be honest with you, I shoot with my right foot and I thought, whatever the ball goes, it goes, you anywhere. know? <laughs> <laughs> because I say, I'm shooting and try to score, you know? And then it was goal and I, go, I went crazy. To be honest, I nearly died that day when they jumped all in, my, in top of me, <laughs> you know, I nearly died. And, jo and Jonas was very bad person that day and he started putting grass in my mouth while I was <laughs> on the floor, you know? And I say, Jonas, I cannot breathe. And he thought I was joking. You know, and I say, Jonah, seriously, I can't breathe. I have fucking 10 people on top of me. I can't breathe. You know, like, you know, <laughs> oh my God. putting grass in my mouth. You know, he was taking the grass and putting it in my mouth. But obviously, it was such a beautiful moment. One of the best moments of my career, not just as an Newcastle player, as a player. I loved it. My brother is, is so annoying with the, with the video. He said, uh, you know what the commentary guy say? He, he, he actually does quite well, my brother. You know, best player in the championship, you know, it's such a week at this. And he does that, my brother, to me. And I laugh, Fantastic. I cry because, because he does so well as well. My brother does so well the accent. So, <laughs> so it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful memory, very, very beautiful memory. And, and obviously after I scored, the, 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 the fans, they start singing my name so much as well. It makes us that already finish in the first position and promote, you know, the promote to the championship. So obviously... To be honest, I wasn't playing my best game. I, I don't know why the commentary guy was saying that, but it was, maybe the other games you can say I was the best player, but in that game, it wasn't my best game, to be honest. But actually, I scored the goal, and, 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 and it was, like I say, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful moment. I, I cannot, one to 10 is, is a 10, 100%. Is, you cannot be more happy than that in that moment. But in terms of context as well, Jose, I mean, you mentioned it there. That, that felt like almost the moment that really confirmed that you were certainly going to be champion, certainly going to go up, because it had been that long season. You said it had been a hard season, and Nottingham Forest had been the team who were trying to get at that top two, hadn't they? Exactly. And it just felt when you scored that goal, it was the outpouring of emotion from everything. Is that what you felt there with those celebrations and, as you say, with the fans at that moment as well? Yeah, exactly. It was like, OK, finally, it's over. We got what we wanted to get that is to promote to the Premier League. So after a very, very disappointed year that the fans they didn't deserve, because we have a team to not relegate, that's the reality. If you talk about the players that we had when we relegate, it's crazy that we relegate. And obviously imagine how disappointed the fans are. And I always remember as well, that it's good to mention this as well, against Aston Villa, I remember like it was yesterday, it was an own goal from Damian Duff. And, and, and the fans, there were 3,000 or 4,000 fans. I don't remember how many away fans and just needed a draw to stay in the Premier League, actually. Yeah. And, and, and how much the fans, they clap us and try to motivate us after the game when we lost, it was incredible. That I went home and I say, I don't understand how they are not killing us right now here in the stadium, and they are, in, they are doing the opposite, they are supporting us. You know, so that was one of the reasons as well I wanted to stay. It wasn't a, because I remember obviously people asking me as well if, in any point I was thinking living after the season at all. I, I have offered from Spain, to be honest, to go. And in no chance I was going to leave the team in the championship that season, no chance. So obviously you didn't know you were going to promote again. That's the reality because the championship is difficult. But I believe with, with Chris and the team that at the end stay, because you remember in precision we were struggling, that's the reality. Uh, but then with the team that I stayed, I say, this is the place that they really want to stay. I'm sure we want to promote with this team. And, and we did. And it was one of the best beautifuls as a, as a player. It was, it was beautiful, obviously, as a team and personal-wise as well, because personal-wise, I enjoyed a lot so much as well, the championship there. 
Brilliant. Well, Jose, thank you so much for today. We're going to wrap things up now. We've enjoyed it so much having you on today as well. It's been great fun. Thank you for, for reliving those memories with us. Some of them painful, some of them uh, fantastic. Uh, it's been brilliant having you on and, and good luck with the uh, with the Amplified uh, coaching and, and, and the new business venture and all that. And thank you for coming on and giving us your time. It's been great fun. No, thanks to you guys. I really, really enjoyed it. And I always love to talk about Newcastle as well and the memories there because they're beautiful as well. I enjoyed my time. There was four years unforgettable years you know i loved it i loved it to be there in the north like i said the only problem is the weather a bit you know but <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah. you can do about that you know the, the city is beautiful the fans are very close you know the people is so respectful so i loved it i loved it so i'm always happy to talk about newcastle always well hopefully when the world goes back to being a bit normal hopefully you can come back to newcastle and, and you can see some of those fans again as well because i know they'd absolutely love to see you yeah, yeah definitely to, to be honest i want to go back to saint Park, party you know one day and uh, with all this COVID situation goes and, and, and what's again there again, definitely. Or me and Chris could come and stay with you in Spain for a couple of weeks. Does that sound okay? Yeah? <laughs> you have, definitely you have a north room as well here. So don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we need a change from this. Too cold, we need to come over and stay with Jose Enrique. For a the problem weeks. is how I get rid of you two after. That's the problem. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Jose, thanks so much. It's been great. It's been great Thank fun you. having you on. And uh, good luck with everything. And I hope, hope, hope the, uh, the new business venture goes well. Thanks a lot, mate. Thank Cheers. Thank you very much. Thanks to you too. Bye-bye. How's the bacon, did you say? So there you go. A wonderful, wonderful uh, interview with Jose Enrique and get yourselves on Amplified Coaching as well and check that out. That's a fantastic idea that he's uh, that he's uh, pushing out there at the minute. And of course, uh, thank you all for listening. George, Chris, thanks a lot for your time again, chaps. Enjoyed it. Thank you. What a great fella he is. He's superb, isn't he? He was superb. And George enjoyed it even more because he didn't have to do the quiz this week. Yes, of course, the quiz and all of the other uh, battles and <laughs> problems that come with that will be back next week. Hi, but I'm 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 doing the questions next week. Do you want to do you want to have a taster? Here's a taster, right? In 1996, Newcastle United came close to winning the Premier League title very famously. What is the square root of 1996? <laughs> and that's that is a taster of what you're going to get next week, you pair of oh, bastards. Oh god, George. I mean, you are in full-on revenge mode now, aren't you? Full-on revenge mode. Oh, yeah. It's all uh, about it'll that. be good fun. It'll be great crack. Well, listen, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us again on Pod on the Time. Uh, and make sure that you hit subscribe uh, so that you don't miss a show. Feel free to leave us a review and a rating as well. And we'll see you next week on Pod on the Time. Cheers. Bye. The Athletic.